from Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, and can be found on page 1170 in the Red Bibles. I will read it in Cantonese first, and then I will read it in English. Also, 为了把律法之下的人赎出来 what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wasn't that fantastic? Haven't we been so blessed this morning with our brothers and sisters bringing us music carols from so far many different parts of the world? Let's pray together as we look at God's word now. Father, we thank you so much for um, our brothers and sisters that we are one big family uh, bringing us all together from so many parts of the world. Lord, what a joy it is to celebrate together the coming of Jesus into the world We pray, Father, now that your word would be at work in us and drawing us close to you as we hear from you. And we ask this in his name. Amen. So hopefully you're now, like me, feeling Christmassy. We're going to have three Sundays in the next three Sundays looking at different passages of the New Testament that talk to us about what we've been singing about, about the coming of Jesus to earth as a baby. And this week, we're in Galatians, if the clicker will work. And before we get there, though, let's go first of all to the Lego Batman movie. Hands up, how many people have seen the Lego Batman movie? Not that many, guys. It's really good. And if you don't believe me, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a really good review as well. It came out in 2017. It really is a great film, really fun. My favorite thing about it, for the small number of you who have seen it, you'll you'll understand, is the relationship dynamic you have between Batman and Robin off to the side there. You know, you've got Batman, 
Bruce Wayne, rich but a lonely orphan. The only real relationship he has growing up is with his old butler, Alfred. But then Robin comes along. And Robin is such an interesting character because, well, he's an orphan too. There's lots of overlap between them. And he instinctively looks up to Bruce, to Batman, as a father figure. In the original stories, the comic books, Robin ultimately becomes Bruce's ward, though he never gets as far as becoming his fully adopted son. Lego Batman plays on the dynamic. Robin, you can see him there wide-eyed, he always calls Batman dad. But Batman is always pushing Robin away. He's far too cool for a fatherly role. I'm Batman. Uh, And maybe you're here this morning, and that's kind of your view of God. You think of God as cold and aloof, just like Lego Batman. Maybe you've even thought that about the Christmas story itself. The father sends his son into the world and seemingly away from himself. But our Galatians passage today helps us to see that quite the opposite is true. Come on. Oh, where are we gone here? Have I gone too far? I have gone too far. It's not showing on here. There we go. Quite the opposite is true. See, in today's passage, we're told, aren't we, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse 4, to redeem those under the law, verse 5, so that we might receive adoption to sonship. So God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, verse 4, to redeem those under the law, verse 5, so that we might receive adoption to sonship. And basically this morning, we're just going to unpack those three statements, verses 4 and 5. What do they mean? And how do they show us that God isn't as cold as Lego Batman? Let's take each of these bits in turn. Firstly then, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. What, what does that mean? Well, it's the Christmas story, isn't it? The birth of the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. But it also really helpfully clarifies for us just who exactly Jesus is. And it tells us three things about him. Firstly, we see God sent his son. Well, this tells us that Jesus isn't just an ordinary person. Jesus is the son of God, sent by God into the world. God sent his son. Jesus comes from God. He is of God, from God. So Jesus is divine. Other passages in the New Testament say Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. In short, Jesus is nothing less than God come down to earth. And that is a massive, massive statement to make. It's so big that various other groups in the world, groups throughout history, that otherwise hold Jesus in really high regard, have found this bit too much to accept. 
Think of our Muslim friends, our Jehovah's Witness, or Unitarian friends, to name just a few. They can't accept that this Jesus, who they hold in high regard, can really be God with us. But secondly, our passage says he's born of a woman. Well, this says that Jesus is the real human son of a real human woman, Mary. You know, because he's divine, it doesn't mean that he isn't also human. He's not kind of some kind of spirit like one of the ghosts in a Christmas carol. He was a full human being, flesh, to use the language of John's gospel, just like you and me. And thirdly, it says he's born under the law. Well, maybe you knew what the other two bits meant, but, but what does this mean? Well, it just means that just like us, Jesus, as a full human being, was also under the laws of God. He was born to God's chosen people from the Old Testament who knew God's laws and tried to keep them. And that's what Jesus also did in his lifetime. And so we see that these three things are the story of Christmas Day. The birth of the one who is both fully God and fully man, sent by his father into the world. But the next bit tells us what he's come to do. What has this one born into the world, born in Bethlehem, come to do? Well, secondly then, he has come to redeem those under the law. Surely we've all seen Muppet's Christmas Carol, right? I'm going to take that as an implied yes from everyone. <laughs> Jesus has come to redeem those under the law. Well, what does that mean? Our passage uses a couple of different metaphors to explain what it means here. Because it describes human beings as like slaves, as Pete said, under the control of elemental spiritual forces. And also like heirs, heirs to a great inheritance, but who are currently stuck under the control of guardians. The idea behind both of these metaphors is that we are without freedom. We're trapped, chained. And we're like this because like Jesus, we are born under the law. Unlike Jesus, though, we keep failing to keep it. We keep messing up. We keep sinning. That's why we have that time of confession together. We can't help but be selfish, angry, lustful, greedy, proud. Like Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol, we are weighed down under the chains of our sin. We can't save ourselves. We need someone to come and free us. And our passage today says that that is what Jesus has come to do. Because Jesus doesn't sin. Even though he's under the law, he keeps the law perfectly. The New Testament calls him a spotless lamb. He remains perfectly true to the law he is born under. He keeps the law completely. And so he can redeem us. As fully God and fully man, he is able to overcome the power of sin and set us free from our chains. 
See, unlike other religions, Christianity doesn't say you have to work to save yourself. It doesn't say tick all these boxes and then you'll be safe. No, it says you just need to trust in Jesus. God has sent him into the world to redeem you. And so in that sense, he is a little bit like Lego Batman. He's a rescuer. But hang on, Jack, you say, how does that relate to his relationship with Robin? Because you're trying to get us to watch Lego Batman because of his relationship to Robin. So how does that fit in with our passage today? Where's the Lego Batman payoff? Well, you see, our rescue isn't actually the end point of Jesus' mission. Jesus doesn't just come down to earth as a baby, what we remember at Christmas, to redeem us, as amazing and fantastic as that is. He doesn't just set us free and leave us to it. God goes all in. You see, Jesus set us free so that we might receive adoption to sonship, verse 5. God's plan wasn't just to free us. It was to adopt us into his family. Verse 7 says, So you are no longer a slave, but, not free, God's child. Maybe if you grew up with Christianity, you, you take this idea for granted. It's easy to lose sight of how staggering a claim this is. The creator of the whole universe, the one who is beyond everything, utterly holy and glorious and perfect, brings us into his family, calls us his precious children. Theologian J.I. Packer said, For everything that Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctively Christian is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name for God. The Christian name name for God. Only because Jesus is really and truly divine, is really and truly the Son of God, can he do that for us, bring us with him through his Spirit into God's family. And look at verse 7, if you've got your Bibles there. Since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. We aren't made a ward like Robin to Batman. No, God pours his love into this. His plan all along was that through Jesus, we be given the full, full status of his children. With all the inheritance rights of life in his fullness forever. God goes above and beyond all we could imagine for us. In 1 John 3, 1, it's put like this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. The glorious, 
sovereign creator, the one who made the universe, the one who upholds it with his majesty, sent his son down into the world to pick you out, to say, you are my beloved child through Jesus. Knowing that means we can say, God isn't like Lego Batman. He isn't cold and aloof, reluctant to come to us. Instead, we have a father who has done literally everything possible to bridge the divide that we have made between us and him and bring us back in his great love through his son. Anna and I were watching the latest series of The Crown on Friday night and there's an episode after Princess Diana dies where Prince William wrestles with anger at his father. Ultimately, Prince Philip gets involved to try and resolve it. And so we have three generations, father and child, wrestling with anger and guilt. It reminds us of the imperfectness of all earthly relationships, especially those between those, those close relationships between parent and child. And I wonder, as we approach Christmas time, how are parent-child relationships are. As we come into close, do you have an earthly father that you're looking forward to spending time with over Christmas? Well, if so, if you appreciate time with them, well, why not think about how all the goodness they display points to, reflects in them the goodness of your heavenly Father who has given everything for you and be thankful. Or perhaps, perhaps you never knew your Father or you have a Father that, frankly, you don't want to see for whatever reason this Christmas time. Well, in the midst of your heartache, there is the comfort of knowing you have a Father in heaven who loves you so much He gave everything to bring you back to be with him. A father who always wants what is best for you and who you can know that to be true because of what he has done in Jesus. That little baby in the manger is your father stretching out his arms to bring you close. Or perhaps you've lost your father. You miss him. You wish that he was still there to be with and talk with, especially at Christmas time. Well, in the midst of your loss, your Father in heaven is always right there with you. He longs for you to know his love and comfort more deeply. He always delights to hear you in prayer. And in Jesus, you need never, ever fear losing him. Because his whole inheritance is life with him for all eternity. For many of us, Christmas can be hard or bittersweet. My prayer for us is that whatever our family relationships, however strained or joyous they might be, we would know the deep and abiding love of our Heavenly Father with us. And that finally, wherever we go or don't go this Christmas, that we would know that we aren't alone. We are united here by our Father 
brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, part of God's big family.